This is going to be one of the hardest sermons I've ever preached. I have never, ever, ever spoken on this before. Because normally I'll leave it to you lot to listen to God. <laughs> and I have done that. I'm 25 years ordained next June. How did that happen? How did you? Bye. I've told them how bad it's going to be, and they've gone. I think that's fine. And I've never spoken on this before. So I've not needed to. And I want to come from it, so please pray for me as I do this, because I don't find it easy to say what I'm about to say. But I want to start with the prophetic word we've been given. This prophetic word should encourage us into the scripture I'm going to look at. It doesn't negate the scripture I'm going to look at. You can see all the leaders praying for me at the moment. They had a, they had a first run this morning, on Monday. So they've, they've already had the strong encouragement, I think is the phrase. Is that right? Was that biblical? That's all right then. Check, check with those that know, you know, that's, that's fine. This prophetic word has come from someone who I trust prophetically and have trusted prophetically for, for a number of years. So here comes that first, okay? It's basically a call. There you go, a bit closer. It's a call for us to walk in faith and obedience. It's a strong call for us to walk in faith and obedience. And it speaks into our finances. And that's... Never preached on finances before. I've never preached on giving. Ever. I've preached on commitment. I've preached on discipleship. But I've never actually preached on giving. Here's the first thing first. I remembered. Here's the first thing first. I have no idea what any of you give. At all. There's only one person who does. And she ain't saying a word. And that's Katie. Cause she's got to because she's handling all the information. Um, and the banks. And I have no idea. So I'm not having to go at you. Because I know that you give us nothing. No, I don't know what you give us. You know, I'm not having to go at you guys because I, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I don't know where you are at in terms of giving. The only people I know what they give and when is us. That's not me and Kathy. That's me and Wendy. <laughs> In fact, after, am I allowed to say this? After, after I taught on Monday, I went home and Wendy and I had a frank exchange of views. <laughs> and we came to a conclusion and we've increased our tithe. I won't say who won the argument, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a subject that causes division. And you might be sitting there and saying, well, actually, I'm not married to a Christian. I can't, I, I haven't got, I can't do it. Well, do you know what? Sometimes you can. Sometimes talking 
to a non-Christian spouse and explaining. So often we manage our non-Christian spouse because we expect them to say certain things or do certain things or react in certain ways. So we don't, we don't do that. We, we don't go there because it's too dangerous. I don't want to upset him, her, blah, blah, blah. And actually, when you have the conversation with them, they go, yeah, okay. I go, what? Oh, so sometimes the blockage to a release, not just money, but anything, is our expectation of what they might say rather than just having a go and seeing what happens. No, I don't mean have a go, you know what I mean, but trying to have the conversation. But I also appreciate we're in a situation where bills are going up and all that sort of stuff. Isn't it great that she's going to um, freeze bills? Can I speak as an economist for a moment? It's absolute garbage. Because she will borrow the money to pay for that, which means in 18 months, two years, our interest rates will go up, which means our mortgage repayments will go up. And of course, interest rates to borrow never go up the same as interest rates to save, do they? So our savings never go up the same. The windfall tax thing actually makes the billion dollar profit making fuel firms pay for it. Which sounds a bit fairer to me. I'd left or right. So you've got people on the right who are suggesting it as well. But we will all go thank you when we don't have to pay four thousand pounds at Christmas or whatever, but we will pay it in the end. So don't think you're getting something for nothing. Because you ain't. It will come back and bite us. We are people of the promise. We have promises in Scripture that means we shouldn't fear. Like the grieving thing, we have hope. So here comes this prophetic word. One, we are... Put your glasses on, Laurie. Can't see a thing. We are called to lift up our eyes and to look to the Lord. Okay? We need to intentionally choose his presence and his promises. So we choose his presence by coming to worship, by coming into worship ourselves on our own at home, together with our spouse possibly, but we also choose to come together to worship. We come into his presence. And it's intentional. He is the source of our salvation, our restoration, our provision. Psalm 105 says this. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of his wonderful acts, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. That's the context for the word. Lift your heads, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Do we seek the Lord for his provision? No. Do we seek the Lord for an outbreak of gifts? No. Do we seek the Lord for... No, we seek the Lord for him and him alone. If you're in a romantic relationship, do you go out with a person because of the gifts they give you? Or do you go out with them because you love them? If the first is true, we'll have a chat later. It's called being a gold digger. 
Why would we be gold diggers with God? We seek him because he loves us. We seek him because he is awesome. We seek him. And do you know what? All these things are added unto you. Yes, there will be gifts. Yes, there will be um, provision. There will be, and there will be, and there will be, and there will be. Because he has given us everything we need to live this godly and holy life. There's that verse again. But we seek him because we seek him because we seek him. That's the context. Lift up your eyes, give thanks, sing to him, sing praise, glory in his name. Look to the Lord and his strength and seek his face always. His promise to us is abundance, John 10, 10. It's one we quote often. Here it is on the screen. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. In other translations, they might have life, abundant life. Or they might life, have life and have it abundantly. Interesting, the NIV often chooses the bigger word, and in this instance they've chosen the smaller word, have it to the full. Now, it means the same as abundantly, but it doesn't quite have the same impact, does it? Abundance! Fill it full. It's not quite... Do you believe that he has given you life in all its fullness? Now, I was doing this thing with Wendy and a couple of others with leaders in um, Ipswich yesterday. And I kept saying, do you believe? And they all went, yes. And the leader said to me, they believe it, but they don't live it. And we get it. For goodness sake, I hope you get this verse by now. But do we live like it? Do we live expecting him to? Not because it's presumption. If he hadn't told us he was going to provide, us expecting him to provide is presumption. He's told us he's going to provide, therefore us expecting him to provide is agreement. It's not presumptuous. It's not pride. It's... Well, Lord, you know, if I promise one of my kids to give them some money, actually, one of our kids, we can't give them money, which is interesting. Too, pride is too strong to actually receive. But the other two are fine with it. Uh, and if I said to one of them, I'm going to give you £200 towards that, and within the week they haven't had a cheque for £200 or they haven't had a payment across for £200, I'd expect them to ring... Wendy, actually, probably, and say, Dad promised the money, where is it? And we don't go, that's, that's a bit presumptuous of you. That's a bit rude. What do we do? We go, sorry. And we make sure it comes. Cause, not because they've asked for it, because we've promised. So if he's promised, what is he expecting us to do? Ask for it. Lord, we need provision. Individually, corporately. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. We only walk into that that abundance. Get your words right here, Laurie. We only walk into that abundance as we are, are obedient to his word. So the abundance only comes through obedience. If I keep going, I'll turn that into a real tongue twister, but I'll stop now. 
The Lord, this is the second part of the word, the Lord is adding to us a new layer, a new layer to the building. Thanks. A new layer to the building that will take us higher. Now, I don't think he means literally we're going to have three stories because that really will take us above the tree line. But he's adding to us a layer. And do you know what? I wonder if that layer may be deeper rather than higher. But it may be higher. But the, the point of this is adding to us, you know, to take us to a higher place. We can get there by dutiful effort and use the methods of this world. So I could run. You know, one of our big problems at the moment is this quite large hole in our finances. I could run a, a, a giving campaign. I could do five sermons on giving and show you all how to, or fill out a standing order form for all of you. All you have to do is sign it. I could do the worldly thing. I could press on your guilt to make you think you ought to give more. If you, ought, if you ever give out of ought, please don't. Because that money comes cursed. That money comes with a negative. Uh, God loves a cheerful giver, not a resentful, you know, or what I call a muttly giver. Do you know that one? Where you give and you go, oh, shut up, shut up, shut up. So, you didn't get that, did you? Sorry about that. Your mum and dad will explain when you get home. <laughs> Ask them who muttly is. It's no good using the worldly things, the worldly way. Though it's tempting, very tempting. Because it solves the immediate, it never changes the long term. We get, you know, so we're not going to have a gift day. Sorry, Katie. We're not going to have a gift day like the vast majority of churches will. We're not going to do that. I'm sorry. They've got me to preach on it. I'm not going to flip into a gift day now. Because Why? See, it should be coming. It should just be coming. But we could use those. And what the word says, we could get there. But it would be like going up the steps to the higher place. I took Jared and Charlene to Covent Garden the other day. I've forgotten how many flipping steps there are on the tube. That's a long way down, isn't it? It's an even further up. That's what it felt. But we could dutifully go up and... That's what it feels like with the building project a bit at the moment, isn't it? Come on. The problem with the building project, of course, is we can't subvert the worldly process. We've got to go through it. But it, we could get there. The Lord isn't saying we won't get there, but we could go by the, the human way, the worldly way, and it will take a long time. And Who knows how long? How long have you been trying to get a new building? 40 years? 50 years? Probably nearer 50, isn't it? First talked about in the mid-70s. We're aiming at the mid-20s now, aren't we? Or we can get in the lift. Oh, we got in the lift at Covent Garden. Oh, there you go. Right, lovely. You still have to walk and you still have to get to the lift and you still have to go into the lift and you still have to press the button to go to the... We can use the lift, which is God's grace. God's abundance, God's mercy, and our faith. I want to use the lift. My wife will tell you, wherever we go, I want to use the lift. Because we get there quicker. 
And I'm as impatient as you lot are to see what we're going to do and build the new building and get this done and do that and blah. And yeah. I want to see it all happen. But it's only going to happen if we use the lift. So I'm not going to ask you for money. I'm not going to ask you for this, that, and the next thing. I'm just going to say to you, these, this is, these are the principles, and it's between you and the Lord. And if you engage with the Lord, we will use the lift. If you only ever engage with me and Katie about it, we'll be using the stairs for far too long. So it's not, we're not going to say to you, this is what you, sorry, this is what you ought to be giving. You sit in front of me, you're in trouble, you see. Why do you think there's a gap in the middle? You, know, you need to realise. You know, I'm not going to say to Cathy what she should be giving. I don't know how much she gives. I don't know what she earns. I don't know what Neil earns. I, should you give off your gross income or your net income? It's between you and the Lord. I've got no wisdom on that one. I'm not going to tell out loud what we do, but I'll tell you if you want, if you ask me, because I'm not worried about that. What worried me in my last church at one point was that the we were the... Th I never knew who gave what, but I knew the sort of range of giving. And we were one of the biggest givers in the church. I knew for flipping heck that we weren't one of the biggest earners in the church, which bothered me slightly. Third bit of the vision. Oh, here's a little bit of reflection. Sorry. Reflection on the lift and stairs thing. My reflection. I believe holding to our plans when the world shouts, don't be daft. You know, doing a building project at a time like this is just nuts. It really is. But I believe that when we hold to our plans, when the world shouts, don't be daft, is obedience to the Lord. I believe that fundraising packages, etc., is using the stairs. It's by faith. Chris responded to this word by saying, you know, we need to do the first work first. We need to do the battle. Where will the, where will the funds be released in prayer? And we need to do that. The battle is around unity. Have you noticed that? It's around unity. And guys, thank you that we're all here this morning. And next week we'll be here for Kingdom Partners. Chris has got the technology organised, I think. Chris is getting the tech on as you all And then we'll be in, church, in the, you know, the church building for um, harvest. The unity is important, and the unity in worship is important. Worship is so key, because that's where we come into the presence, is what Wendy was talking about last week. Did we manage to record last week? Did it work? So it, is it up? Um, yeah. Well, if you get a chance to have a, uh, have a listen to it, Paul was, bless him, was standing at the back holding his phone so that, to try and record it. So he stood there for the 48 minutes that Wendy pre No, sorry, she wasn't that long. But listen to what she said. The hole in the budget is roughly equivalent to us resubmitting the plans. But your PCC was unanimous that we should submit, resubmit the plans. Because we believe we're being obedient. Third piece of the word. There's a huge grain tanker on its way, filled with resources for us. We will avail ourselves of this as we are obedient to him. Great! 
there's a tanker coming with all this provision. Hallelujah. I can't see it yet, but I believe it because it's revelation. So I, I'm seeing it with my spiritual eyes. I'm not seeing it with my physical eyes. Malachi says this. And I believe this verse, it's Old Testament, so I'll give you the New Testament take in a moment. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord, and, I will, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing you'll not have enough room for it. Well, that's a promise and a half, isn't it? He's going to throw open the floodgates of heaven. Do you know we can say he has already thrown open the floodgates of heaven. Because you know how he opened the floodgates of heaven. We sang here his love vast as the ocean last week. Mighty rivers. The, store. the cross has already opened these floodgates. So this is ours. This promise is ours. I will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, you will not have enough room for it. At the moment, we've got plenty of room. And when we've got plenty of room, we've got rooms in the storehouse. Two things about this passage, which you might find difficult. One, we've got to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. So we've got to bring the tithe in. It doesn't start out there, it starts in here. It doesn't start in here, it starts in here. And it starts in here. And John Wesley said, the longest distance is between a man's heart and his pocket. <laughs> and that's my experience. You know, people get converted, and their hearts get converted, and their minds get converted, and eventually their bank balance gets converted. But it's hard. Every penny in your bank balance, who does it belong to? God. It's not mine. It's God's. Every penny. Because he's provided your job, he's provided your house, he's provided everything you need. He's provided it by giving you the money to be able to pay for it. But he's provided it for you. That's his. And it says bring the tour. So we need to do it. I'm, I'm going to fall sh short of saying Old Testament, we should be tithing. New Testament, there's no should because the law is gone. But the tithe is the, the place of starting. It's the starting point. And where have we got to bring the tithe? Don't look at me. It's up there. Into the storehouse. Into the place where the food is in my house. Where is his house? What's another word for his house? The church. The whole tithe goes to the church. Now, that may contradict teaching you've heard before, but I believe it's biblical. And I've moved in that in the last 25 years. I used to go, we need to tithe, and you need to give it to the church, as in the church. And you can give it wherever or whenever you want. But actually, I've begun to realize that actually a tithe should come in to the church. Because we then tithe on to mission organizations. 
In fact, you put Chris in charge of it and we more than tithe on to. Is that right? We've been slightly more than the tithe. But actually, that's good because we're blessing them. And your gifts and offerings, which are beyond the tithe, go to wherever. So we sponsor a child through Tear Fund. We give our own money to Pete and Sarah and to um, Lunchball. Got there. <laughs> but the tithe comes in to the church. I could, we're all uncomfortable with that one because maybe we're not there. And please, I'm not going to go, James, are you tithing into the church? I'm not going to ask you. Please don't answer. <laughs> Even if you feel you can, please don't answer. But James, ask the Lord what you should be doing and where it should be going. And if the, I'm not going to go, you know, you, that's between you and the Lord. It's between you and the Lord. The New Testament, of course, it's fascinating. The New Testament at the same time, does two things. The, two, the New Testament removes any requirement to tithe. It doesn't say tithe. But it says lots of things about giving. Glasses back on. Keep your eye out, Laurie. It says, those who minister are entitled to receive support. The poor and the needy should be cared for. It says those who give can trust God because he is the source of all that has been given. He will supply their needs and giving should be done joyfully. Tithing is a starting point. You see, I'm so worried about this bit. I've got it written down, which is not like me, is it? Tithing is the starting point. It's an Old Testament principle brought into the New Testament. But actually, the New Testament doesn't release you from tithing. It actually strengthens what does Romans 12 say that we should be? You and I should be living sacrifices. Is a sacrifice a tithe? A sacrifice is all in, isn't it? So the New Testament actually says, because of what Jesus has done for you, all in, you give your whole life to him as a living sacrifice and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We're to be living sacrifices. So yes, we will give our time. Yes, we will give other resources. We will, we will cook and bake and, and provide clothing and do a whole shed load of different things. But we give. And New Testament, weird, isn't it? Old Testament, 10%. New Testament, everything. Oh, but you don't have to. New Testament... You have to give 10%. Old Test sorry, Old Testament, you have to give 10%. New Testament, you don't have to, but everything. Like judgment. Judgment in the Old Testament, you see it happen in the here and now. God's not a God of judgment in the New Testament, is he? No, it's just those who don't belong to Christ are condemned to eternal damnation. Oh. So actually the judgment is stronger in the New Testament, in the Old, even though it's not as obvious. The call on our lives is stronger in the New Testament, even though it's not as obvious. You see why this might cause disunity? <sighs> hmm. Tithing is not legalistic. It's not a religious requirement, but it does reflect our heart commitment. Given to the, giving into the barn that feeds you, your fellowship reflects your commitment to that fellowship. Actually, if you sit down and work out what an Old Testament 
Israelite would have given to the temple, it would have been between 30 and 35% of their income. So asking for 10% is less than it would have been if you'd been a Jew in the Old Testament. When somebody asks me, should I give 10% to the church? I often say, ask the Lord how much you should give. Because I'm fairly convinced he's nearly always going to say more than 10%. <laughs> but that's for you to hear from the Lord, not from me. Oh, I just said it out loud. You know what I mean. Guys, please do not go from, we're going to finish now. Do not go from here going, oh, Laurie told us off this morning for not tithing. I am not saying that. I'm saying for the first time in a very flipping long time, first time since I've been here, we're facing a hole in our budget. And I don't want to make anybody redundant. I don't want to stop doing what we're doing. We've stopped enough of what we're doing. I believe what we're doing is what the Lord is calling us to, whether it's the building, whether it's our outreach, whether it's youth work, whether it's children's work, whatever it is. Becky's not here this morning. She's off. We're, we're releasing other churches. You know, Becky's doing a church weekend away for St. Germain's in Birmingham for my friend Sarah. Wonderful. If we don't fill this hole... I'll leave you to work out the consequences, all the consequences, even. So I'm not telling anybody off. I'm not saying you ought, you've got to, you should. I'm saying tithing is a biblical principle. Please seek the Lord. I've sent two emails out over the summer roughly saying this, maybe slightly gentler than this. And the response has been negligible. So I thought, oh, I'm going to need to... Uh, I'm going to need to preach it. And of course, we're supposed to be doing Celebrate. We're supposed to be down at Restore Hope today. But can you imagine doing Celebrate two days after the Queen had died? I'm not sure that would have worked, would it? You know, it's as if the Lord knows what's going on. Odd that, isn't it? I'm just going to leave you. You, you know I'm struggling because I'm finding it difficult to land. I'm just going to leave you to seek the Lord. And remember the widow's mite, which is a small amount of money, is worth so much more than, I can't remember the profession of the, per the other person who was giving lots because they had lots of money. You know, we give out of what we have. And if you're earning nothing, 10% of nothing, I believe, is nothing. So that's fine, I get it. So don't sit there feeling guilty, going, I haven't got any money, I can't give. Fine. You are released. <laughs> but we live in Cheshire, boys, at Amersham. Oh, but we're struggling. Yeah. Let me take you through by the hand and lead you through the streets of London. And I will show you something that will make you change your mind. Now, there's a song I've not heard for a long time. We've got of money to do what we want to do actually but we need to do what the Lord's telling us to do shut up Laurie okay just heard that in my head so I will we'll just take a moment and then we'll finish focusing back on the Lord with, with a song hymn whatever I don't know what we've got at the end but just, just the one as a statement of faith so something we've got whatever you've got it'll work
promise. For just a couple of moments. Either seek the Lord now or resolve now to seek the Lord this week. Or to have the conversation with your spouse this week. Or, or, or.